0: Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your life, your love that you gave for us on the cross that we may have life in you today. In your name we pray, amen. What do you think the number one reason is people lose their faith? They just stop believing. A lack of hope? I think that's a huge factor. What do you think number one is? Bad things happening. Yeah, that's actually right on it when we pray about something some we're in a bad situation And god doesn't show up. He lets the bad thing happen the bad thing happens to us or someone we love The number one reason people abandon their faith is unanswered prayer When your loved one's sick and you pray for them and they die When you really need that job and you pray about it and you get a rejection notice And this isn't a rare occurrence, right? If we went around the room here and we said, do you have a prayer you prayed about, you passionately wanted to come true, and it didn't, every one of us would have something to share. Every one of us would have something. And it's one of the biggest struggles for people of faith, asking God for something and seeing absolutely nothing seems to happen. And yet Jesus teaches us to ask and seek and knock. And he says we have a good father who loves to give good gifts. And so we're going to talk about this, this dissonance between Jesus' teaching and the reality that we feel. In Matthew 7, verses 7 through 12, it's on your paper, or if you have a Bible app, you can open it up. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then who are basically evil you you make a lot of mistakes know how to give good gifts to your own children How much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophets Let's look at what jesus is saying here He's essentially saying that god is a good dad better than the best human dads when keen back here asked al for a fortnight skin Al's not like, here's a rock, King. Enjoy it. This is really nice. You know, this is what you wanted. Uh, he gives him a Fortnite skin. You know, he, he gives him a, what he wants. God's an even better father than the best human father we can imagine. Um, one of my favorite people is Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers, I just think, exemplifies Jesus so well. He had this quote where he says, What I pray for my children is to know right from wrong but not be overcome with shame. And to have a sense of hope and joy and be able to see the world with gladness and i think god's an even better dad than that like god wants even better things for you than the kindest father on earth and so because of jesus's teaching we can ask boldly he says ask and it'll be given to you Uh, jesus has already taught on prayer on the sermon on the mount but he's touching on it again here And I think he just wants to reinforce to us. It's not wrong to bring your request to god God's not like you're asking for something again. He's a loving father He loves to hear about what we need. He loves us. He longs to hear what is on our heart I think sometimes we settle for small prayers because i'm like "Mm, god's gonna be busy Like he doesn't want to hear this or I imagine him with an energy bar And i'm like he doesn't have enough, you know energy right now to deal with my thing He's dealing with the world and so i'll make small requests Oftentimes what I really do is I'll pray for small things because I don't think prayer works and I don't want to look silly We don't believe god is actually eagerly waiting and wanting to shower us with good And so we pray small prayers so we won't be disappointed Mark batterson a pastor in dc says bold requests glorify god because bold requests require god We can't take the credit when something happens because nothing this incredible could have happened without him hebrews 4:16 says we can boldly approach god's throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need grace means an undeserved good that means when we show up to god he doesn't give us what we deserve he says yeah you have done some things yeah a cruel god would hold those things against you but that's not the kind of god i am i sit on a throne of grace i give good because of who i am not because of what you deserve and jesus tells us to seek he says seek and you will find seek expectantly My natural human response is to assume something bad's going to happen. That's just my personality I'm always looking at the negative. I'm like hmm, this day is going too smoothly. What's going to happen next? Like i'm always looking for the next bad thing. I'm such a joy to be around darby. I'm sorry. You're married to me Um, even when something good happens i'm preparing for the other shoe to drop jesus suggests that because we have a loving father we should eagerly expect that he has good in store for us we should approach the day with the same excitement that a child has coming up to christmas they're not like i bet i'm going to get a lot of cold kids are like I'm gonna get stuff like it's just expected i'm gonna get good things Even if they haven't always been the perfect child, they're expecting good things. They're excited about christmas We should wake up and say god has hidden special joys and grace in today He wants to surprise us because he loves us with good things that he has in store for us on this day God is planning a good day for you every single day so we can wake up with anticipation and excitement We can seek expectantly because god is working for us us ephesians 3:20 21 says our father is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or even imagine according to his power that is at work within us i can imagine a lot of good things happening and god's working even greater things and jesus says we can knock confidently we should walk through our neighborhoods and our city and into our workplaces with the holy confidence that jesus has positioned us here for his kingdom work when I first moved here to the main line, I came out in my Tennessee t-shirt and my ragged jeans and my work boots, you know, up to a coffee shop. And this person who was decked all in, like, designer fashion, you know, Chanel, is that what it was? Okay. Um, they looked at me. They looked me up and down and was like, made a disgusted look like they had just seen a dead animal on the side of the road and then stepped right in front of me in the coffee line like, that is a worthless vagabond and they're not even here. And I was like, Oh, things are different here. Like, okay, okay. And for a while after I first moved here, I walked around with this sense of, like, I don't belong, I don't fit in, I'm a nobody. And, like, I kind of walked around, like, with my head hung down, you know, my hat lowered, like, don't let anybody notice you. And then somebody reminded me, a mentor of mine, he said, if God has placed you somewhere, he has placed you there to reveal his goodness to that place. And you are walking with all the confidence, you should walk around with all the confidence that you are an ambassador for the high king of heaven. When you walk into your workplace, when you walk into a shop, when you walk down the street, when you walk into your neighborhood dinner, it shouldn't be with a feeling of apprehension or fear. It should be with, I'm here as a representative of the high king of heaven. I come in like a dignitary, uh, representing Jesus to these people and to this world. Jesus suggests that because we have a loving father we should eagerly expect that he has good in store for us And we should walk around like we are working for his kingdom You're an agent of change sent by the god of the universe to spread the good news of the kingdom everywhere You step you carry the light of the holy spirit into dark places Dark forces know your name and they know the name of the king you serve and they tremble at his name They tremble because you bear the mark of jesus the christ now, this is, doesn't mean we're to be arrogant, but we should be confident. First John 5.14 says we have this confidence that we can approach God. You can walk up to God. And if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He listens to us. God, or Jesus here, wants to change the way that we see the world. He wants us to notice all the good that is constantly overflowing in our life, good that we take for granted or we ignore. Marketing and advertising which is hitting us constantly has conditioned us to see nothing except the one thing we do not have and jesus wants to recondition us to see all the good that is just our life is filled with good things it's filled with beauty and joy and so often we're fixated on the one thing we don't have but the word the greek words here the bible the new testament was originally written in greek and translated into english for us ask seek and knock are actually in the continuous present verb tense in the Greek and you say Alex what does that mean because we don't like English grammar let alone Greek grammar um, it means that Jesus is saying we should be asking seeking and knocking in the continuous sense he's not saying ask once boom seek once boom knock once boom he's saying keep asking keep seeking Keep knocking. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find what you're seeking. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. So, all that sounds great, right? Like, I would love if that was the whole message, and we just went out, and was like, yeah, we have a good Father. He's for us. We're feeling good. But I think we have to deal with a reality, right? Because for some of us, we have been asking, and asking, and asking, and no one's answered. And we've been seeking and seeking and seeking, and we haven't found anything. And we've been knocking, and we're knocking, and we're like, are you home, God? Because we keep knocking, and we hear nothing. Some of us have asked and knocked and sought, and it seems like heaven is on holiday. So what gives? Sometimes it feels like we've asked, and heaven has been silent. We've sought, and we ended up getting more lost. We knocked. And we hear just the deadbolt slide into place, and the lights turn off, and you hear them whisper inside, like, "Pretend like we're not here." No. Anybody? Just me? I feel like that sometimes. Like I knock, and God just slid the deadbolt in, turned out the lights, and He's like, "Jesus, act like we're not here." Uh, Darby and I long to be parents. We have for a really long time. We have done everything we could to be parents. We've lost a baby. And we continue to ask and seek and pray. We've spent thousands and tens of thousands of dollars to be parents. We've been trying to adopt now for years and years. And we just keep hearing no, 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 no. And we keep asking and seeking and praying. And after a while, you're like, we're knocking in nobody's home. We're seeking and we're not finding anything. We're asking, not finding anything. Jesus, you say God is good. Well, then why aren't we parents? You say it's a good thing to be a parent. We're not asking for something bad. We're not saying god give me nuclear launch codes You know I could understand if he says no, alex, you don't need those, right? It's not like i'm praying god. Give me a ferrari I'd be like obviously I don't need that god. You can say no to that. We're asking to be parents It's a very reasonable request. It's a very ordinary human request. It's something you say is good And yet it seems like there's silence Now People in churches have often tried to tell me helpful things that actually hurt me anybody else Had christian people like tell you something and they're like i'm just trying to be helpful and it actually hurt Um, People would often say to me god always answers prayers. He always answers them with a yes a no Or wait now that sounds really nice But that's a really unhelpful answer because you know what most of the time you don't have any answer if god showed up to me and I said I really want to be a parent and he said no and I said why and he says, you know, it's beyond your understanding right now I'd be like, okay God told me no i'm good with that I won't don't like it, but I can deal with it But here's the problem in most of our lives. God doesn't show up and say no We just hear nothing And what these christian people mean by this answer that god always answers with yes No or wait what they mean is if you get it, he must have said yes And if you keep praying about it and don't get it and then eventually you do he must have said wait And if you never get it, he must have said no Except he didn't say any of those things. You're just assuming because of your circumstances that that's what he said I find this quote by dallas willard really helpful. Here's what he said god never mumbles Write it down. Remember it. I think too often we try to put god's words into our circumstances when he's not speaking Just because you don't have what he wants doesn't mean that he said no or wait Just because you got something doesn't mean he said yes Dallas willard says when god speaks you'll know There's a few times in my life when I felt clearly that god told me to do something I felt clearly that god impressed something upon me And to guess in the moments where he's silent what he's actually saying will many times make me develop a wrong picture of god A lot of times we get mad with god about words that we put into his mouth because nothing seems to be happening And we don't hear anything. We like he must say no. How dare you say no? He hasn't said no. We've just assumed it's a no Or nothing seems to be happening and we're like, how dare you make me wait? We don't know that he said wait God never mumbles when he speaks you'll know In Pete Grieg's book, God on Mute, he gives 15 reasons why sometimes it seems like God is completely silent when we pray. Here's his 15 reasons. Sometimes because of common sense. Sometimes we ask God to do something stupid, meaningless, or illogical. I remember one time praying with kids. That's always a scary thing because kids pray for crazy stuff. And this one kid was like, I pray that you'll make squares, triangles. God's not going to do that. He's just not. Like, that's going to rewrite all of reality. That's something stupid, meaningless, or illogical. I hope that kid's faith was not broken by the fact that squares are still squares and not triangles. Um, Contradiction. Sometimes we're praying about something, and our prayers are conflicting with those of someone else. This happens a lot of time in school. All the kids are praying for the snow day. And the teacher's like, if we just finish this stuff, we can have a longer holiday and we don't have to make this day up at the end of the year, you know? You got students, you got students and teachers praying against each other. Sometimes you're praying for something that breaks the laws of nature. You're praying for something potentially detrimental to the natural order or to the lives of others. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've prayed to go back in time and fix the stupid thing I've done. But, you know, if I did that butterfly effect, I'd ruin a lot of other stuff along the way, too, you know? Um, sometimes we're praying about something And life is just tough I'm expecting god sometime to spare me from the stuff that's just human Experience because of the fallen broken world that i'm in see a lot of times I pray that I don't get cavities, but I keep not brushing my teeth enough. I keep not flossing and I keep eating sugar Um, yeah, i'm choosing to get cavities. God's not causing me to get cavities And sometimes our prayers God's silent because of doctrine my prayer doesn't reflect God's character. It doesn't reflect his promises Um, Sometimes we're praying for something that's second best Although my prayer is for something good. It's possible that God has something different in store for me sometimes God's silent because of our motive our prayers are really just selfish um, james the half brother of jesus talks about this He goes many times your prayers go unanswered because you're praying for something selfish You're praying for something that you passionately want in your flesh and not in your spirit Sometimes our prayers go unanswered because of our relationship with god We see god as someone who gives us stuff and will only love him as long as he gives us what we want And we won't love him if he keeps anything from us and sometimes he reveals that to us by not giving us everything we want sometimes there's an opportunity to go deeper in our relationship with god by being silent when we pray free will sometimes i pray for god to override someone's free will i really do i'm like this person's in a lot of trouble god just take over their body for a few minutes and get them out of that situation get them away from that addiction get them away from that thing and you know then they'll be able to get their life straightened out god just doesn't override people's free will sometimes i wish he'd override my free will sometimes i do stupid things sometimes i wish he'd override other people's free will but god respects people way too much he loves people too much to ever force them to do something he'll invite them sometimes god is silenced because of influence sometimes i'm trying to exercise ungodly power over a person's life in prayer um, this happens a lot of times, I think, with spouses. Maybe not. Maybe it's just me. But I'm like, oh, if I pray about these things, then my spouse will change. And I'm sure I have some things. You're perfect, though. This is a hypothetical. Um, and I'm sure, at uh, being married to me, there are things where Darby's like, I wish I could just pray this change into Alex's life. And uh, that's just not how most people change. Number 11, sometimes your prayers go unanswered because of satanic opposition. Sometimes what you pray about is what god wants to do in this world But at the present time in this world, there are dark spiritual forces opposing god's will in the book of daniel Daniel prays and he prays and he prays and there's no answer and finally an angel shows up and he says God sent me the first time you whispered the words. I flew here at once But he's like i've been fighting all these spiritual evils until I got here because they kept intercepting my mission it's such a weird passage But it makes me think that sometimes we pray and god says yes And we can't see all this spiritual warfare that's happening all around us to try to prevent god's yes in our life Number 12 faith Do I really believe that god can do this? Sometimes it goes unanswered jesus said because we have too small faith We don't actually think we have a good Father. Number 13, perseverance. Do I want this enough to keep praying? For some reason, Jesus kept telling stories about continuous prayer. He talks about a woman who uh, had been um, an unjust Situation in the community had happened to her and so she went to this judge and the judge goes I don't care what happens to you But she kept going back over and over and over and over and finally the judge goes You know what i'm sick of you coming i'm just going to do it to get rid of you And he says you have a loving father won't he want to do it even more so Than someone who was just annoyed at you keep coming Perseverance Sometimes because of sin sometimes our sin we'll talk about that in a minute Sometimes because of justice Am I actively seeking to express God's love for others? And that fits rightly into how Jesus ends this little teaching because he seems to make a swerve here Did you catch it in Matthew 7 12? Notice what he says So in everything do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophets That seems like a weird way to end a section right on like asking God for things he's like by the way do to others as you would have them do to you a gentile went to shammai who was a famous jewish rabbi and he said teach me everything about the law as long as i stand on one foot Why i stand on one foot which i can't do for very long maybe 15 20 minutes you know you teach me everything i need to know about the law the jewish faith and Shemai, the rabbi turned away in anger and he's like how could I teach you everything in so short a time? You need a lifetime to learn the law. And then the questioner went to Hillel. Hillel and Shammai were rabbis who lived during the same period, even though they had different approaches to the Jewish faith. And Hillel, um, this Gentile, went to Hillel, and he made the same demand. And the sage turned to him and said, Whatever, thou, whatever you would prefer that men not do to you, do not do to them. The whole law is summed up in that, and so the Gentile became a Jewish proselyte, according to the the legend. Um, Aristotle said, "How you should act to your friends is like this: we should act like we want them to act towards us." And then Jesus comes along, and he puts his own unique twist on it. Rather than Hillel saying, Don't do the things that you don't want done to you or rather than Aristotle saying this is how you should treat a friend Jesus said this is how you should treat everyone do to everyone else as you would have them do to you So you say what a weird way for Jesus to end this what does this have to do with asking and Receiving a w tozer said by secret law of the soul. We naturally move to our mental image of God. What you think God is like is how you will begin to behave. If you think God is cold and uncaring, he's cruel and unkind, you will begin to be that way to others. If you think there is no God, it will affect how you treat others. Everything comes down to you, and you're responsible for everything, and there's no outside supernatural spiritual help. If you think that a good God has said no to you, or has been cold or cruel to you, it will affect how you treat others. And so that's why Jesus ends this way. How we treat how we think God is, how we think He's treated us will affect how we treat others. And how we treat others ultimately affects our prayers. First Peter 3:7. Oh man, this is such a hard verse. In the same way, husbands must give honor to their wives. Treat your wife with all understanding as you live together. She is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. And notice what Peter says here. Treat her well so your prayers will not be hindered. How many times have I prayed about something and God's like, you've treated Darby like crap this week. So I don't care what you have to say. Until you get that straightened out, I don't want to listen to you. Mark eleven twenty five. 25, whenever you stand and pray, make sure you forgive if you have anything against anyone so your Father who is in heaven may forgive you your sins. But sometimes we stand and pray, and we have a bunch of unresolved relationships with other humans, and that's affecting our ability to come in and have a conversation with God. Essentially, it's like this. Imagine there's two kids, and they begin hitting each other. And The parent pulls one of them aside and says we need to deal with your hitting this isn't good and the child says give me money dad And the dad says first of all we need to deal with the fact that you were hitting your brother and he goes I want presents. Where's my presents? And he says you're not getting any presents until first of all we deal with the fact that you're hitting your brother all the time That seems silly And yet, many times, that is how we affect prayer. We have all these issues with other people. We've treated other people poorly, and we come to God, and he wants to talk about who we are becoming, and we want to talk about what we are not getting. Somehow, our view of God affects how we treat others. Somehow, how we treat others affects our prayers. And sometimes, we're doing everything right still, and heaven is silent. The Psalms are filled with laments, wondering where god was and why he didn't show up the psalms are filled with these these songs of outcries where they say god i did everything right i did everything that i was supposed to do and everything just seems like it's in ruins the bible doesn't hide this reality of our faith this isn't like in the fine print like after a while jesus is like by the way you signed up to be a christian here in the fine print means sometimes you won't get what you want and it sucks no that's not what jesus does it's right there In the midst of our whole faith people have seemed to do all the right things and sometimes God is silent 2nd Corinthians 12 verses 8 to 10 says this is the Apostle Paul perhaps the greatest Christian in the New Testament he says I asked the Lord three times to take away from me this this thing that troubled me this burden I had this thing I wanted to get rid of and here's what God said to me I am all you need I give you my loving favor My power works best in weak people, in people who don't always get what they want. And Paul says, so I am happy to be weak. I'm happy to have troubles. I'm happy not to have everything I want so that I can have Christ's power in me. I receive supernatural joy when I am weak. I receive joy when people talk against me and make it hard for me and try to hurt me and make trouble for me. I receive joy when all these things come to me because of Christ." For when I am weak, then he is strong in me. Man, I'd love to stand up here and tell you I'm there. Man, I'm just in such a good place. But Father's Day rolls around. I'll be walking down the street and people are like, that guy looks like a dad. Look at that beard gut on him and that mustache. He's got to be a dad, right? You know, they're like, happy Father's Day. And my heart just breaks. Or uh, I'll taught summer camp here at the Arts Center this summer, and I had a bunch of five- and six-year-olds in my class. And um, one of the parents was picking up their kids, and they're like, oh, I bet you're a really great dad. Like, the kids really seem to love you. like, no, I wish. My heart breaks. And I'd love to tell you, like Paul, I have learned to be able to say that in my weakness, I have felt his strength. And it's such a great strength. I'm happy to be weak. I'm not there. I hope one day to be there. But I have become assured of this. I am convinced that Jesus is good. I am convinced that Jesus is God. And I am convinced that living and loving like Jesus makes my life better, makes my community and family and my world better. Why is Jesus so silent when Darby and I have so desperately been knocking and asking and seeking? I don't know. Why has he been so silent in your life when you prayed your loved one to live when you prayed for the job when you prayed for the situation when you prayed about i don't know i don't have good answers but i still believe jesus is good as i end here i'm about to pray and the band will come back up and play um anytime during that last song we invite you to go and take bread and juice and celebrate communion it's when we remember that jesus went to the cross not to condemn the world but to save the world He let his body be broken. He let his blood be spilled because he loved us so much. He was willing to hurt the greatest hurt. He was willing to take the worst part of ourselves to give us the best part of him. And if Jesus does nothing else for me, I am thankful for the cross. And if Jesus never answers my prayer, I'm thankful that he... He answered my prayer when I cried out and said, Lord, help me, I am a sinner. Make me your student, make me an apprentice of the way you lived and loved, make me a Christian. And so as I take communion, yes, I wish that heaven would say, here, Alex, here's why I'm saying no. Or heaven would say yes and make me a parent. But if heaven stays silent, I am grateful for the cross, the life, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. You have done so much for me and i'm grateful and when you're silent i will trust when you have spoken in the past and i know that in the future i will hear your words again and i pray all these things like i believe jesus christ would